You're listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, Around Atlanta edition. Showcasing the best of Metro Atlanta, our communities, the attractions, and the special events that make Atlanta great. Welcome to our virtual town square. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the Around Atlanta edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Carol Morgan. Uh, Before we kick things off, we do want to thank New American Funding for being our 2021 show sponsor, now our 10th year on the air. It has been wonderful having them as our partner on this ride. So, uh, Carol, good morning. Looking forward to this uh, return guest. We haven't chatted with this gentleman in quite some time. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what's up. You know, this is one of those, I'd like to say hidden jewels. I don't know how hidden it really is, but there's so many just great museums and attractions in Atlanta. And, you know, Todd, you and I talk about this all the time. People just don't remember to visit them unless they've got out-of-town guests or some specific reason. So this is one of those that everybody needs to put back on their radar. We'd like to welcome Richard Bands. He's the executive director of the Southern Museum of Civil War and Locomotive History. So welcome to the show, Richard. Go ahead and take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me this morning. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been privileged to be the executive director of the Southern Museum, and we kind of shortened that title because that's a long one when you, you sound it all out. But my background is in history and education, and I just really enjoy what the Atlanta metro area has to offer. There are so many attractions that I think that the biggest challenge for people is to decide not what is there to do, but what can I do in this weekend? Because there's so much really to go and see. No doubt about it. Atlantans are very lucky. And I wish more of them would get out of their house and stop watching television and go see some of these treasures. Uh, and uh, it's not fair for me to say this because I'm a history buff and history major from, from back from the day when I was in school. So I have a real appreciation for history. And not only yet, a four walls and, a, and bricks and mortar in a museum, but there's history all around us. Uh, and we don't even sometimes even are aware of it. So I, I appreciate the people who are dedicate their lives to bringing this to our attention and making us more conscious of these, all these wonders all around us. And so for those listening who might not be familiar with Southern Museum, uh, take a minute and kind of remind us what it's all about and your mission and purpose. Certainly. So the Southern Museum exists in downtown Kennesaw, Georgia, and the original opening was actually in 1972. So it goes back a while, but it was in 2003 that a major change occurred. The the museum was greatly expanded and it became an affiliate with the Smithsonian Institution. So we are currently the only history museum, I believe, in the state of Georgia that's associated with the Smithsonian. And we have done several expansions since 2003. So basically, if you come, you should plan about two hours because there are our general exhibits. We do have educational programming, but we have exhibits pertaining to the Civil War and, of course, railroads, which is uh, really the overarching theme that runs through all of what we do. We do have a large exhibit on industrial works, specifically the Glover Machine Works, which was founded after the Civil War. We also have a education center, the Jolly Education Center, which is great. There's lots of interactives for kids. Kids of all ages love it. But if you have young ones, toddlers, they're going to really enjoy it. And they'll be stuck in there for an hour or two by themselves. Can't leave them there, though. But <laughs> but they, they will kind of kick and scream when you go to leave. And then we also have a research center as well, where we house all of our archives 
and artifacts which are available for research. Lots to do. It's, it's a shame. I'm sure there's some listeners who would love to just leave their kids there <laughs> to play for the day. Um, just kidding, of course. I know you can't do that at the museum. So it, it's been a crazy last 18 months for sure. Tell us what you're currently experiencing at the museum, you know, as it relates to COVID and reopening and new exhibits and, you know, however you want to frame that. Certainly. I think we've been very fortunate. The Southern Museum is owned and operated by the city of Kennesaw. And the city of Kennesaw has been very progressive. And not only do they have the Southern, but they also have the Smith Gilbert Gardens, which is an arboretum that's also worth a visit. So if you want to plan a full day, you can visit us and have lunch downtown and then go over to the gardens or vice versa. But um, yeah, in the city, basically, we wanted to get to reopen as quickly as possible. So shortly after the pandemic hit in March 2020, you know, everyone had closed down. We took efforts to open very safely. We had changed, as many folks did, we had implemented social distancing. We had inserted uh, temperature check procedures, et cetera. And we were able to open in June of 2020. So we weren't closed very long. And then we did it in phases. So initially, the Jolly Education Center, for instance, was closed. But by the uh, end of summer last year, everything has been full swing. Now, we did alter our hours. We used to be seven days. Now we are Tuesday through Saturday, uh, 9.30 to 5 p.m. And the reason for that is it allows our staff to be more concentrated and to continue with cleaning. We make sure everything is in tip-top shape, clean-wise, you know, with all of those disinfectants and so on. (laughs) We use totally safe ones, however. So we've been finding ourselves in a good groove since last summer, and our, our visitation is continuing to pick up. People are coming out. They're enjoying our programming. They're coming out to see the exhibits. Of course, the Locomotive General, a big attraction. People want to see that. And I think it's almost back to normal for us. Yeah, that's great. Well, you just touched on it. If you are familiar with the museum, you certainly know about the General, probably your, uh, your most famous exhibit. Talk to us about what that's all about, about that, that centerpiece. The Locomotive General is the stellar attraction for the museum. The the Locomotive is an American-style locomotive. It was built in 1855, so it's relatively old. Uh, It was made in Patterson, New Jersey. People come out and see it, and you get to see the the locomotive rather closely, and they're always amazed. A lot of folks will say, is that real? And yes, it is real. The Locomotive is is a really outstanding example of the type of locomotive power used by American railroads really from the late 1850s into the 1870s, even the 1880s. But what makes the General really famous is its connection to the Great Locomotive Chase. The Great Locomotive Chase took place in April of 1862, and this was a a daring effort in which raiders, as they were called, they were actually soldiers from Ohio in civilian clothes, so they were spies, but there was this plan that they would go to Marietta and Big Shanty and actually capture this locomotive or steal it. And Kennesaw, by the way, used to be called Big Shanty, and, and that's one of the locations. So they boarded the train in Marietta, Georgia, and then at Big Shanty, the train actually stopped for breakfast for 20 minutes. Everybody got out of the train. This is pre-dining car uh, railroad experience. And it's at that point that the Raiders actually commandeered this locomotive and they were able to go 89 miles until they were actually pursued and then captured 
as a result of this whole scheme to steal this train. So the train has become world known because of that. And along with the other locomotive that was in pursuit, the Texas, which is at the Atlanta History Center. However, the general is more in its uh, closer to its Civil War appearance than is the Texas. So I always recommend you see both. Another great place to see in Atlanta. Uh, Where else can you go and see both of these locomotives? But to start here in Kennesaw at the Southern to see the uh, locomotive general. It's interesting. I don't think I ever knew that they'd stopped and that everybody had gotten off the train. So it's nice to know that when they stole the train, there weren't a whole lot of, you know, innocent bystanders on board. So I appreciate that. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the railroad because it certainly influenced and impacted the Civil War. Talk some about trains and the Civil War. Yeah, well, the railroad itself was very influential. You're looking at really 138 miles of rail line from Atlanta to Chattanooga, which formed the old Western and Atlantic Railroad. This actually started in the late 1830s. The state decided that they needed to link the two cities. And so they funded this railroad. And by the 1850s, it it was in full operation. So when the Civil War took place, these railroads became really the supply lines that both sides were trying to use. And we first see this at the Battle of First Bull Run or First Manassas, depending on how you want to say that battle has two names, whether it's from north or south, where Confederate uh, supplies were reinforced via rail. They actually moved troops that way. And that was the first time that people saw that. Now, it was really the United States that saw that these railroads were extremely important and they set out to destroy them actually first commandeer them to use them for their end. And the United States Military Railroad was established. And then later, they set out to destroy the Confederate side of these these rail junctions. So when the Great Locomotive Chase takes place in 1862, the entire idea was if they could cause all of this havoc on this railroad line, it would aid Union troops that wanted to move on to Chattanooga. Now, I do have to say another part of the Great Locomotive Chase that a lot of people don't realize is that as a result of it, the very first medals of honor were issued in our nation's history. And there were actually 19 of them issued to raiders who took place in this uh, great locomotive chase. And we do have two of those medals of honor on display. So again, it's something we try to point out and honor our veterans. And everyone's got to see those medals. They're just amazing to think that they were given. And of the two medals that we have, the one, unfortunately, that raider never received his because he was executed for his role. So his widow received it. And again, it's just an example of, of the dedication and sacrifice that people have made for their beliefs over time and, and in our country's history. History is so fascinating. It just always enthralls me. You know, I, and I wish people were more appreciative of, of rail. I mean, uh, even today, it still plays a significant role in our economy. But in the 1800s, goodness, it was uh, uh, central to America and everything about it, including the Civil War, its economic development and growth. You know, as we record this, we just had our second billionaire go to space. And so I don't think people think about railroads anymore, uh, but uh, they play such an integral role, certainly in Atlanta's history. I think Atlanta exists because it was the end of a rail line, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it was called Atlanta then fascinating stuff. And I'm, I'm so grateful that there's people in places such as the Southern Museum that are keeping that history alive. So the museum is more than just the general, though. I mean, there's a lot more there. Uh, one thing I'm particularly uh, keen on is um, you know, this. Uh, there's a temporary exhibit, as I understand it, on the railway mail service, uh, which showcases Oni, 
which is a dog. Tell us that story. Well, one of the advantages of being a Smithsonian affiliate is that we're able to bring artifacts from the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., and to bring it right here to the Atlanta metro area so that you can see it. So we like to say that we're the Smithsonian in your neighborhood because, well, rightfully we are. We currently have an exhibit on display with objects on loan from the United States Postal Museum. Now, the Postal Museum is not on the mall. You actually have to go a couple blocks. It's in the old railway post office in Washington, D.C., and they have a phenomenal collection of objects related to the mail. And of course, significant to U.S. mail were the railroads. I mean, railroads were what transported all of your mail. And you're absolutely right, Todd, that you know, prior to the 1950s and 60s, when these mail contracts disappeared, everything was brought by the railroads, your mail, all of your shipping, everything. And virtually every town had a depot. And our depot in Kennesaw is still there. It was built in 1908. It's across the street from the museum. It's also open to be able to look at. But that was the center of the town, as, as many places were. And of course, you know, Atlanta had two gigantic, great stations that have been since demolished over time, unfortunately. But our exhibit really focuses on how the railroads transported the mail. And the uh, railroads actually did this while moving. So they had railway post office cars, and there was an actual post office on rail, which they sorted the mail as they were moving. It was a great system of where if your town was not large enough to make a mail stop, they could actually hang the mail out on a pole. And uh, there was this wire system that it was actually a mail bag with the mail in it. And as the postal office train was coming towards the car, they would flip out the bag of mail that they had. So I guess it wouldn't be a good idea to transport glass that way, I'd have to make. <laughs> but anyway, they throw that mail bag out and then they had a hook that they would take the other mail bag in from the station and bring it right into the car and then instantly started to sort it there. And if you go to the uh, National Postal Museum in D.C., they have an entire replica of a Southern Railway car showing that whole process of how that happens. But getting back to Oni, you know, one of the things that I think is a good attraction for us is everybody seems to love railroads. Now, they do have a darker history, by the way, in, in that there were some real industrialists uh, that took advantage of railroad employees. And it was ruthless to have to work for the railroad many, many years ago. But railroads and trains generally are loved by all ages, people of all backgrounds. It's, it's just a phenomenal bond that we see as people come together to celebrate trains. And Oni is a great story because Oni was a stray dog. He wandered into the Albany, New York post office and basically made the mail sacks his bed. And the um, postal workers tried to hide him at first because they really liked the dog and they knew that they would have to get rid of him if someone found out. But he actually, when even the supervisors met him, he, he just was loved by everyone. And he started guarding the mail. He'd actually escorted the mail carts. And then eventually he jumped onto a railway postal office car. And he started riding the rails. And he got the name of Oni, the, the man at the post office, last name was Owen. And uh, he was the one they say was Owen's dog or Oni. And that's how they came to that name. But Oni became so famous that, and we're talking, this is the late 19th century, that he actually travels the country via rail. and. Everywhere he goes, he received a metal tag that people would give him. And we have on display from the Smithsonian one of the tags that he received in Atlanta and one of the ones he received in Nashville. Wow. And after he toured the United States, he went overseas. He went by steamboat and toured uh, other places of the world as well. Unfortunately, Oni did pass in, in 1897. 
but he was then preserved and he's actually now on display at the National Postal Museum in, in DC at the Smithsonian wow. with numerous of his ribbons. But if you go to the museum, they have cases and cases of these ribbons behind the scenes in their storage area. And that's what I was able to go up there and bring some of them here on loan. But you can't beat Oni. And that's a real story. And what a wonderful dog. And by the way, his pedigree, he was a mongrel dog, just a, just a, a simple mutt that kind of straggled into the post office one rainy day and uh, stayed in, and stayed in our hearts now forever. That he's a mutt makes it even more an American story. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's better traveled than I am. What a fantastic story. I love that. Fast credit approvals, accelerated loan processing, expedited underwriting. Call your new American funding loan officer today to get pre-qualified. For more information, call New American Funding at 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Well, for people who want to get involved in the museum, can they join, donate, volunteer? What opportunities are there? Oh, of course. There are lots of ways. We always love donations, too. I mean, <laughs> we're happy to accept those. You can go on to our website, southernmuseum.org, and there's lots of information there. We do have a private foundation that you can donate to, the Kennesaw Museum Foundation, which is a friends group that supports the museum. It purchases artifacts and also supports the educational mission of the Southern. But you can also get involved as a volunteer. You can come out and do that. Again, all that information is there. But most importantly, just come on out, you know, come out and see it because it's something that especially if you have anybody, you're looking for an upbeat thing to do, come out and see it. The trains are wonderful, that history and the kids area is great. And I think you just have a wonderful time going through and seeing a big part of our, our history, you know, the tragic history of the Civil War, but then after it with the trains and the railroads and how all that was developed. And in the Glover, you'll actually see how locomotives were made. We have an assembly line that shows these trains being put together. And uh, we have one completely assembled and then one that's completely disassembled, wow. uh, laying about well, all the parts, but showing how all of that was done. And it's a totally different process than how we do things today. Yeah, the assembly line hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> so, so it was a different process. Uh, so it sounds like uh, you mentioned uh, earlier in, in the program, uh, your educational programming. So is that back underway again? Are you, are you doing events again? Uh, are, you, are you kind of back full throttle? Well, we've been easing into it. So we started our early childhood education programming, and that has been going very well. And we, we've put it in a different location so that we could uh, open up the spacing. So I think everyone feels really good about that. We do have what's called our Mommy and Me program. This is early childhood education. This is for kids ages two to five and their caregivers um, to come out. And that's every Thursday at 10 a.m. and also at noon. And again, more information you can find on our website about that. And then we do have a homeschool workshop. We've been doing a lot of reach out to homeschool and that's monthly. And coincidentally, if that one falls during the week, I don't believe at the moment we have Mommy and Me. So you do want to check Again, our southernmuseum.org before coming out. And feel free to call, too. And uh, we could certainly, you'll get a real person. If not immediately, we'll call you and get your, your information to you. But um, that's our regular program. We were also open, of course, uh, walk-in visitation Tuesday through Saturday. We are hosting schools. 
We do have a virtual school option also that people can apply to to do. And then, yes, we've opened some of our events. Just uh, uh, recently, we had our first Southern Spirits event, and that went very successful. And what that is, that's an adult event. It's in the evening. And what we do is we look at, as the name suggests, Southern Spirits. So we have some food, we have beer and wine, and of course, soft drinks and water for those who, who don't want that. And then we feature two bands. So we have two different, the last one we did, we had two uh, bluegrass bands, and we feature an artist. The last one we featured a railroad artist, and he unveiled a painting there. But then we also feature a spirit. And uh, this past one, we did bourbon. So we're constantly upping that. So again, you need to check the website to see what's current. But our next one would be September 17th. And after that would be November 19th. But those would be two fun events for just adults now to come out and see that. And you get to stroll the whole museum too. And what better way to do that than say sipping bourbon or, or some other spirit for that. And then lastly, I'd like to say our big events are coming back our biggest, and unfortunately, we couldn't have it last year, but it's scheduled for uh, 2022, and that's Trains, 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 and that's in January, and that's when we bring all kinds of interactive layouts of model trains, and a lot of them, kids can operate different parts of it or see things or do stuff, and that's in January, so that would be Trains, Trains, Trains in January 2022, and again, please check our website, southernmuseum.org, and we'd love to have you come out and visit. Outstanding. So southernmuseum.org is where people can go get information about the museum, all the exhibits, uh, and all the great events and programming, and where they can support you financially, and as well as a volunteer, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Great stuff. Well, Richard, uh, sadly, we're out of time. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for what you do and helping us uh, appreciate our history and appreciate you making time to join us. Well, thank you. And thanks to all of you, because again, if if there's no better place to live, work and play than the Atlanta metro area. So come see us. Thank you for what you do. All right. Richard Bands, the executive director of the Southern Museum. All right. Well, that wraps this week's Around Atlanta edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. That is all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we'll look forward to seeing you again right here next week. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.